Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the fourth episode of The Lab. Sitting with me right now is Alex Trotter and Brandon Weirig. Um, gosh dang it. So to start today, what we're going to kind of get into, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about programming, kind of a little bit more into uh, what they see as being more essential and uh, what maybe some of their go-to exercises are. Uh, some absolute musts in their training and what they do with themselves, both with their athletes. Um, and then finally finishing up with Olympic lifts, necessary or not. Um, so I guess kind of starting it off, programming, I know I, I've never really had like one type of program that I've ever been really married to. Um, but as of recently, I was gifted a book from Alex, and now I have been just I don't even know how to put it without sounding crazy but I, I've become more addicted to my training than I have probably <laughs> in the last 31 years mm-hmm. um, it's been a lot of fun it's the the book of methods the west side book uh, just completely eye-opening in terms of you know my results so far it's just been crazy you know sometimes I'd struggle find plateaus wouldn't really know where to go and now it's like there's just a completely different like I guess viewpoint perspective into maybe how to approach different like you know milestones mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun though uh one thing i'd say that's been kind of daunting though is how to maybe safely progressing things mm-hmm. um i know ever since i started adding bands i started adding chains um i've been noticing a lot more almost irritation into my tendons But then I've been adding a lot more other accessory things just to kind of help combat some of those weak points, which has been kind of nice. Um, Do you have any insight into that, Alex? In terms of maybe if you do have someone who falls into some of those pitfalls? Yeah. Um, So usually your your muscles grow at a much faster rate than what your tendons and your ligaments do. Um, As you know, you're the doctor. But (laughs) so we have the, you know, myself, um, I probably speak for Brandon as well, and the kids. You know, we do ultra high reps, so we'll do anywhere from 200 to 300 reps of that joint being moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really like it for shoulders. We do a ton of band pull-aparts for the kids. Um, pretty much every time their upper body days, they're doing at least 100 just to start. Um, that's part of their warm-ups, and then they usually end with anywhere from 200 to 300 uh, tricep push-downs um, towards the end, and, and that's just to make sure that we're getting ahead of that curve um, rather than having like what is going on with you here currently. Um, Because obviously it does happen, you know, as you put on more muscle mass, you're Mm kind of get away from the tendon and the ligament training aspect of it. Just doesn't receive as much blood and it's boring. It's it's hard to stay focused for (laughs) 300 reps. I was going to say that's a lot higher than I anticipated. Yeah. So where do you guys get the, the, the 100 to 300 numbers from? Is that just based off of like, basically some of the different books that you guys have gone through or yeah so that that came uh, pretty much directly from Lou and the studies that he found within the gym um so we were all essentially guinea pigs throughout the course of the of west side and I was very fortunate enough to train under him for the last 18 months of his life and um and that's just what he said he just always wanted us to raise our work capacity to some extent so I mean there was times where like, I remember doing uh, leg curls with a blue band, and we were doing sets of 100, and I, I thought my knees were going to explode. And, <laughs> Holy crap. But it made my legs feel so much better after that, like, after the soreness got away. So I was like, okay, he 
might be off something. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's some uh, methods of madness there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. How about you, big guy? I'm kind of like you. I'm not really stick to, to any one method. I kind of like combining certain methods. You can take the, the, the west side barbell, the uh, conjugate style, conjugate style. Um, method. Um, I like what Mike Boyle does with his single leg work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, some Joel Smith's one, one by 20. I like... Uh, not the, Joel Seidman? Uh, not, not about him. <laughs> not about that 90 degree isometric, isometric stuff. And then I'm a, I'm a big fan of... Oh, he was a strength coach at Minnesota. For a long time, for the girls' basketball coach, he kind of brought um, isometrics back. Long durations, isometric for tendon health. Okay. Um, God damn, what's his name? It'll come to me later, but... You have to shout so, it out. Yeah, I like to yeah. just kind of blend in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, not necessarily um, solely stuck to one style. I like mm-hmm. to combine them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Trotter? Um, I kind of jumped around quite a bit, like when I was in high school and then in college. And then um, in 2016, I we were training at this uh, <clears throat> private gym, and this guy uh, introduced me to the conjugate method or what I thought it was, mm-hmm. but it made no sense. I mean, at, at that point, I think my squat was like 500 or low 500s maybe, and I was doing the same amount of band tension as the couple thousand pound squatters and I was like this doesn't make any sense at all like, there's no reason I should be doing this or benching against like doubled, doubled over purples and I was like this is stupid this can't be right so Jesus. I literally googled like what is conjugate and Westside's website came up and started reading articles and I ordered the book of methods and I just dove in just to simply prove that guy wrong and then <laughs> It's it's became like my just like go to. I I haven't shied away from it. It's in the last you know whatever that is the six years now and made good progress on it. And continue to see the the changes in it and how you can adapt to it. It just seems like uh, there always seems to be an answer for a sticking point or a uh, a plateau that kind of thing. Like one of the things that I've liked seeing in there is like how many different variations you mm-hmm. can utilize, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think has been hard for me in regards to like, I mean, I can only come up here, what, maybe once or twice a week and yeah. do that, and then I'm kind of limited in my garage gym. Yeah. Um, but if you had, like, let's say limited equipment, what would you say would be necessary for like, progressing with those sticking points. Let's say you don't have like all of that available. How would you sure. go about doing that with like limited? Um, I mean, you can just even progress them as far as like the different size bands. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can go from a barbell. Then you can add in uh, boxes for like a box squat. Like let's say we're talking about a box squat, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can change the variable up as far as the depth of that squat. So you can have a, a PR at a 12-inch box, you know, uh, 14, 16, 18, depending on how tall you are. Um, you know, you can change the stances up. You can have uh, bands from the front pulling you. You can have bands pulling you straight down. You can have reverse bands as far as like a future method goes. There's a lot of different variations you can go. I mean, 
I think I did it the one time just because I was bored. And I think I could come up with like a different squat variation um, and you would never repeat it for a calendar year. That many? Yeah. Holy crap. So <clears throat> Lou is always big on uh, like builders and testers. Mm-hmm. So the builders you want to have like the, the ones that you really suck at, but you get the most carryover out of. And then when you go on and you do like a tester, so like rack pulls for, for me after this long, that, that has been like a tester. Mm-hmm. So whenever my rack pull goes up, I can pretty much guarantee that my deadlift's going to go up on the floor. So, Makes sense. Yeah. So let's say you guys have, let's just put out some like hypotheticals out there. Let's say you guys have kid in the gym, got, let's say, weak posterior chain. What would you guys say is going to be, like, we'll kind of get into one of the next topics. What would you guys say is going to be like some of your go-to exercises for that kid? I'm going to throw in good mornings, RDLs, GHDs, reverse hypers. And depending on what post chain area it is, I'm wanting to go glute bridge or um, hamstring curls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, everything that Brandon said, and then I would throw in box squats. Um, and I would start them at a high box, get them to learn to sit back and, and engage their hamstrings and their glutes, mm-hmm. um, and then just slowly take the mats away until they're at parallel or they're out of depth. Um, that is. Uh, optimal for them okay so let's say in terms kid comes in weak overhead press what would you guys say is going to be some of your like essentials or go-tos rotator cuffs um oh you gotta go into more detail than that my friend i'm gonna dig on you now band pull parts i'm a big fan of (laughs) iyts i love face pulls um at different angles Mm -hmm. um it just kind of depends i mean is he is he olympic lifter like is Sometimes I think you can get wrapped around a barbell movement too much, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, your overhead press sucks, but you're a baseball player and you can still throw a 92 mile an hour. Yes. So I think you can get, and I think a lot of people will take conjugate method and they'll look at it that way where it's, I mean, Lou was a, a power lifter, so like yeah. a lot of his stuff was based around how to make a barbell power. movement, yeah. but there's so many different options with um, a conjugate method where you can base it around athletes, yeah. not just how to make certain lifts go up. So you got to kind of, I would throw that into a factor. Um, mm-hmm. Why is the, the reason you want your overhead press to be heavier, I guess, would be an instance. So got to do it for the gram, dude. That too. But yeah, uh, <laughs> rotator cuffs, the face pulls, the uh, upright rows, um, mm-hmm. triceps, pull down, lat, yeah, pull-ups. upper back, yeah, things like that. Okay. Yeah. I, it depends on where they're failing at in that overhead press as well. That's true. You know, so that plays a factor. and You can do seated overhead presses at different pin heights. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of options there, which from what you're doesn't saying, help with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Say a full calendar year's worth, right? Yeah. But, I mean, you, like, obviously we don't introduce that to the kids. You know, mm-hmm. they're, you don't want to get, like, yeah. foreign movements every yeah. single week for them and now we don't know on which one is their testers and which one are their builders and where do we need to put this kid back again and you know or can we progress this one and skip a sheet or you know stuff like that i think it's something you definitely have to earn too mm-hmm. um, yeah. a lot, i mean a lot of the kids like they can't if you put like green bands onto it or even black bands or onto yeah. a, a bar or red bands onto a bench 
I can't even press that up. So let alone if you're doing yeah. dynamic work, you can't. They can't even press it. Yeah. You obviously can't do it for speed work. So I like to start out with a, a just a basic for a novice lifter, like a linear yep. progression. Do some yep. hypertrophy work. Get into some basic strength stuff. Add in some power movements, and then you can start getting more advanced with it, and adding the the power strength or the strength power mm-hmm. type programming uh, based around that. So it's definitely I think it's something you have to earn. Mm-hmm. To go to an advanced, I think I think conjugate is a very advanced um, style, especially if you're in the piloting world. I mean, maxing out on something once every week for two lifts is incredibly hard on the body. Like it's, and then you got to throw into these athletes that don't drink enough water, don't get enough sleep, don't eat enough food. So you definitely can't <laughs> max out a kid every week. So you have to tailor it down to okay, maybe we'll work up to a, an, an advanced lifter. Maybe we'll hit ninety percent for a three good reps. Or eighty-five or five good reps, so it's not always uh, a max out type thing every week. So there is um, different twists that will add to a conjugate style program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're monitoring them as well. You know, mm-hmm. so like I guess the the loophole with conjugate, if you will, it's is like on your max days, it's um, like your max for that day. Like mm-hmm. obviously, you want to go for you know your all time PR, but at the end of the day, if it's not there, is it really worth like risking that injury? And I think we do a really good job of telling the kids that as well. You know, like, hey, you have a chance of hitting this, but what is the the downside of it? You know, <laughs> where were you this morning? Oh, I don't know. I was stuck in bed like your deadlift is stuck on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> See, maybe if you just would have been there and told me, maybe don't make this jump this morning. Ah. Maybe pull more than Brandon one day. Not today. Yeah. Not today. Not today. Maybe next week. Yeah, not today. Hmm. Hmm. But that's good to know. I mean, um, you know, monitoring the loading with the kids, you know, making sure you're not like kind of getting lost in the weeds a little bit in terms of the complexity of the program. Sometimes simple, you know, less is more. Yep. Um, I think that's good that you guys do that. Mm-hmm. Um, how about in terms of like, absolute must with any athlete what do you guys think is like something that every athlete should be doing i know you're not going to be doing the same thing with everybody but what would you say is like some mainstays or something that everyone needs to be working on or everyone needs to be addressing i like the deadlift there's different um you can do conventional you can work more post chain you can do sumo style you can work on more hips but it's also grip strength it's upper back it's core it's low back it's everything so i think that's a a very good compound lift um you could go bench press but then you could also go push-ups uh you can manipulate push-ups multiple ways you can have push-ups incline decline you can add weight on your back for weighted push-ups you can add a a band around a rack for stability work Mm -hmm. um you put a block down so then your range motion shorter Mm -hmm. Uh, just kind of thinking off of maybe you don't have a full good equipment so if you like an at home thing or mm-hmm. if you're uh, a team coach and you got limited uh, equipment for a whole team you could easily manipulate things like that yep. um, and then I'm a big fan of pull ups I think the pull ups is, is the uh, king of upper body exercise yeah really why is that uh, I think it targets more of uh, just the full body. It's good shoulder health. It's good. You can do your biceps. It's full uh, back, and it's if you yeah, brace, you can, brace your core. Yeah, I think if you, I've noticed, in, if you are really good at doing Nordic hamstring curls and you are really good at doing pull ups, you are a freak athlete. Yeah, really. Those yes, two those movements. Those two movements yeah. right there. Are, 
Okay. They I've just require seen, full body control. Yeah, I've never seen anybody that can do those two movements very well and not be good at what they do. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, a lot of posterior control. Mm-hmm. A lot of posterior control. Yeah. I never would have put like paired those two, though, like that. Well, I mean, I don't know if this goes to say, but some of our top athletes are like ex-gymnasts. Mm-hmm. And it's push-up, you get, the levers are different. Yeah. For a pull-up, you got to literally pull your whole body. Away. Yeah. Vertical pull. Yes. Yeah. That is hard. Even um, an inverse row, which personally, I, th- I can wrap out 30-some pull-ups, but yeah. I'll get tired at 20-some on an inverse row. Yeah. My horizontal pull versus versus vertical pull is night and day. Yeah, and see, yeah. mine's opposite. So I can do. More. I can maybe get five pull-ups at this body weight, but then like inverted row, I could sit there all day. Yeah. Okay. So more of a vertical versus horizontal pull. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into a little bit of a controversial topic then. Let's go a little bit more into like Olympic lifts, the snatch, the clean and jerk. Um, from what I've seen, you guys. Don't necessarily get into those. Maybe as much. I mean, I haven't been in there every single day, but I mean, you guys don't really get into that maybe as much as I've seen some other gyms. Mm-hmm. Why would that? Um, be? I'm a big. I, I love Olympic lifting. Um, yeah. It's super you complex. Yeah. It's a it's a complex lift. It's a difficult lift. It's a timing lift. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely someone that we you have to be able to perfectly hinge. You have to be able to perfectly front squat, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to uh, absorb a load or. Yeah. I'm not a big, I don't think absorb, like, that's a whole different topic, but we'll be yeah, never time, but, the load. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's, and it's something we do teach, um, mainly for, uh, safety of the kids when yeah, they go to like, their other places, yeah, so a lot of the old school coaches would just program a, a clean, or a snatch, or whatever it may be, strictly for the fact that, okay, it's been done for so long, mm-hmm. um, and they have no idea how to teach it, so they just say, okay, this is what it looks like on a laptop or a computer, and go grab a bar and do it mm-hmm. and it's just astronomical <laughs> what these kids look like and how they haven't hurt themselves yeah so that's a the, i would say that's the number one reason why we uh coach the clean and the snatch things like that just so they can i mean they're gonna do it anyway whether it's at a a, a corporate gym somewhere yeah. or after school mm-hmm. so you might as well make sure they're doing it correctly and safely yeah so yeah okay so you guys when you would you guys typically get into teaching the olympic lifts with the kids is there an age group that you guys particularly will start them with? Or is it like, hey, if you're ready for this, you're ready for this? If you can give me a good front squat, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. There's too many yeah. people that try to catch a clean and don't have no idea how to front squat. Yeah. So there definitely has to <laughs> yeah. be, you have to be able to hinge, you have to be able to front squat for me to, yeah. for me to go there. Mm-hmm. I'm not the, I don't think Olympic lifting is like an end-all, be-all type movement. I think it has its place. I, I mean, you can replace it with a, uh, you know, the trap bar deadlift jumps, but I don't think it, that doesn't teach mm-hmm. the timing. It doesn't teach, it's doing a trap bar deadlift jump with, you know, 95 or 100 pounds versus a solid clean at 225 is a, a huge difference on the strength and power curve. But yeah. as long as you can able to teach it, I'm all for it. Yeah. As long as the kid's willing to actually pay attention and learn it, mm-hmm. and that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, my approach on that is I was never very proficient in them mm-hmm. and I'm very much of like if uh, if I can't do it proficiently then why why should I teach it if that kind of thing so that makes sense um, 
So like to kind of piggyback off of Brandon, because he, he has it down, you know, so mm-hmm. I just break it down in terms of like, all right, let's work on your front squat, because that sucked when you were doing that with Brandon, or let's work on your pull, because you could barely get it to your knees, and then all of a sudden you're trying to launch your hip through, you know, to, to move it the rest of the way. So I just, I'll break down the movement into different aspects, and then he puts it all together. Okay, so, so. you're more like those little bits and pieces and then you kind of string everything along yeah okay yeah. do you guys have anyone that goes off to school and they like basically have their 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 strength coach at school like in college like have them go through that more often and they come back to you and it's maybe thrown off a little bit uh, high school maybe uh, yeah high school college is pretty it's pretty much down pat down pat yeah um, like i said high school kids high school coaches have no idea what they're doing so it's, it's mm-hmm. just trying to break habits like they forget the most important part which is the, the hip hopper you're yeah. going from a hand clean the first pull from the floor via the second pull but they just want to like start from their kneecaps and just rip this bar straight up into a clean like a catch position <laughs> and they're not like doing the hinge and driving that bar through their hips and then taking it into an, that upright yeah. momentum it's more like a just a flick reverse curl into a low elbow catch and the weight's in your wrist yeah which is great if your upper back is a brick shithouse yeah. you know but <laughs> Usually all of your power comes from your hips. And that's like, you know, what we try to tell the, them. The longer and stronger your, your first pull is, the the stronger your clean's going to be. So that's why they wonder why they got, you know, 95 or 65 pounds in the bar and they're having a hard time bringing that up to their shoulders. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. That's good to know you guys kind of like, not necessarily shy away from it, but you guys kind of break it down. You're more safe with those lifts because i have seen there are certain gyms where like you said they just have them kind of grip it and rip it and that that adds up over time when i was in the, the high school setting i would break i always try to teach the, the schools that were at how to hand clean um i would break it down to like an eight week block yeah really two weeks at a low pole two weeks at in the high pole and then uh two weeks to the catch and that was before they you had to learn how to front squat first. You had to learn how to hinge, things like that. And then that's when the, the eight-week block would, would start. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I would make sure there would be at least uh, coach to athlete ratio, like one to five, one to four. Okay, so you don't have, like, too many kids per coach then? Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes it was hard because I'd have, you know, 25, 26 kids in the class, and most of the time it would be me. But when I go to that advanced lift, I try to make sure I bring in mm-hmm. two or three, four other coaches if I can. Yeah. Do you guys use a lot of the Olympic lifts in your own training? Or no? Not as much. Uh, I usually kind of hit it in waves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just like have a random niche like, man, I want to get back into cleaning or jerking or snatching. It's just more of like an itch type thing. Yep. To where, okay. But it's not like a consistent mm-hmm. type thing. I'll do a lot of high pulls. High pulls from the floor just to teach you to, to drive through like where you would lock it out on deadlift kind of thing. Yeah. So just to teach the power all the way through. Like that triple extension, getting all the way through. Yep. Yeah, and then just all the way to the top and then just let it go. I don't even attempt to catch it. <laughs> just, <kidding laughs> just drop it to the ground? Yeah. My collarbones are cool on this. <laughs> ah, damn. I know one thing I've noticed is, like, I haven't really been touching my, my Olympic lifts as often compared to, what like, what I used to when I was doing CrossFit more often. Yeah. Um one of the things that's kind of scared me since changing to like the conjugate uh, style programming is just 
I guess how like without even having touched those those different variations like you were saying like the hand clean the first second pull working on that how much more explosive I've become which like on it's Friday today on Wednesday I was at a, I was at Freepoint CrossFit and we had a behind the neck um, split jerk and I coach asked me hey like do you know where you're gonna be at on this and I was like I honestly have no idea yeah and then I ended up putting three or five over my head like it was a joke and I'm like shit yeah like now i have no idea where i need to be on this so still kind of experimenting and dabbling a little bit with like where i could somehow fit in more olympic lifting with it but i think that's where i need to talk to you two more about that and just kind of see how i could not break myself because mm-hmm. one thing i've like i already talked about tendons um but the other thing i'm finding is that uh, my conditioning maybe needs to get a little bit more work in. So like, that's the fun thing I like about this is that, you know, you're, you're not stuck with one thing and you can kind of pick and choose. Like you were saying those variations. So yeah. now that you've told me you have a full calendar's worth, you know, I'm going to be picking your brain. <laughs> okay. But, um, well, I mean, that's another thing that as far as your conditioning goes, just shorten your rest periods up, you know, okay. like, um, I started, well, what the kids deem the five minutes of hell. So they'll do their five, five squats to a box. Um, at their speed squats or whatever. So they have a band on there. Mm-hmm. They have the bar weighted either 50, 55, 60. And then as soon as they're done with their squats, they walk over and they do 10 kettlebell swings. They come right back. There's just, there's no break. Their their break is their walk. So it's maybe 10, 15 seconds. And uh, I mean, their, their work capacity though and their GPP has gone through the roof. I mean, on average, like the kids that are doing this now, they're getting six to seven, some in the record, I think is eight uh, rounds in before that five minutes is up. Holy you crap. know, and like, I mean, the, the girl that has the eight, she's like hardly getting tired on the court. She's just constantly goal, go, go. <laughs> and she said that was like one of the big things as much as like the, the actual workout sucks. <laughs> but, so I went through a, a block where I manipulated time was my reps. Yeah. And it was absolutely brutal. So I started out with 20 seconds on just as many reps as possible, 40 second rest. Yep. Just try to shoot as many reps as I could get in that time frame. I think when I, my week one, I was at not eight to ten reps, and then my week four was eleven to thirteen. Yep. So I was able to increase my work capacity by four reps a set, yep. and I was hitting six to eight sets. Yeah. Jesus. And you can check it by, you know, the bar speed, the velocity of the bar speed, mm-hmm. uh, the optimal ones like point eight meters per second that you want to move that bar. So as long as that, that bar speed is staying consistent throughout all of that, like obviously the first time that you do it, it's going to suck. You're going to tank. Like most of the kids, like if they make it to three minutes, I'm pretty shocked. You know, but then two weeks after that, they're making it all the way through five. Damn. And now they're getting a whole new set in and, you know, and like, uh, oh, fuck it, I'll just say his name, Ryder, yesterday did it two days in a row because he... <laughs> opened his mouth and made a bet that he couldn't cash. And so he did it again and he actually beat his time from the day before oh, the, wow. the very next day. So he did, he beat it the second time he went through it. Yep. Oh, that's a little scary. Yep. Shit. Okay. So maybe I'll have to try that once or twice. Yeah. A hundred different ways to manipulate something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Instantly infinitely, I should say variable mm-hmm. based on that. Damn. As long as you just don't get too far away from from the core exercise, so if you think about it as like a as a sphere, 
-hmm. like you know the the first circle is the squat well then now you add a box to it so now you're one one ring away well then now you throw bands on it now you're two rings away and then you add chains well that's another one and then you know if you're an athlete you throw a belt on well there's your fourth so how far away are you going to go that it makes sense that it actually helps the original sphere or the original circle i guess damn so i guess l- l- let's kind of circle back here a little bit so when you were talking about like builders and testers yeah how do you go about deeming what is the builder and what is going to be the tester for that athlete different for everybody okay that's how i wanted to make sure yeah um depends so, on your leverages depends on your weaknesses of like where your sticking points are mm-hmm. um and then like it's just the easiest answer it's trial and error trial and error you know so a lot of our a lot of our weeks that we're doing now they're doing the same exercise just a slightly different like bar weight or they're doing more reps or something along those lines so then when they go onto that next sheet and then we can kind of see like okay are they just broken and they just beat down from the sheet before mm-hmm. or is it like they're just steadily progressing it it's sort of like a linear periodization without the the stale, just same straight bar squat every week for eight reps, and then you move it on to sixes or what have you. You kind of just throw in the little variables to keep it fun, keep the kids engaged. Okay. So, like, I know you guys were saying you guys don't, like, change it up too often with the kids then. Mm-hmm. Let's say, how, how long does it take for you to know whether or not that movement is a builder or a tester then for that athlete? Like, if they're going through the same movements for so long what is kind of like the tell for that person like what do you guys really look for i think you usually tell at the end of that block mm-hmm. so it, it's pretty quick i mean it's at, at the at the age they're at i would say if you're not making maybe a, a five or ten pound jump then it's not really quite working it yeah scrapping yeah Okay. And I mean, we're not afraid to do that as well, though. Like there, there's been many things where like I've added in, and Brandon's like looking at it. And he's like, I mean, we'll try it, and then like it just turns to shit. So we're like, all right, let's scrap it. You know, back to the drawing board. Yeah, which is which is fine. Like I think that's what this is all about—the trial and error on on that aspect of it. And but you know, I, we have them programmed every I don't know six to eight weeks that they're doing a one rep max of some sort. You know, and it's compared to their last attempt at that, you know, if we'll, what do you know, we'll take the bands and the chains off and stuff like that and mm-hmm. go ahead. Like you got straight bar now, like, let's see what you do. You know? So, and that's, that's usually the kids that have perfected the, yes, the six to eight yeah. core lifts that have, you have to earn your one yeah, rep max. It's how often do you guys test one reps? Not as often as probably what our social media shows. I mean, usually there's yeah. like a kid, you know, throwing around some st- stupid amount of weight mm-hmm. almost every day, mm-hmm. but it's... It's not the same kid twice in a row. Yeah, it's maybe it's a three rep or a, a two rep or maybe a five a max yeah. rep push up with weight on their back or yep. just something different. But a, a true, if you would look at a, at a powerlifting aspect of a squat bench or deadlift, I would probably, it would very rarely, it's not... Oh, months. Yeah. Three months. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. So you can manipulate. And and we really only let those kids, like, they do that out of season. There There's no point in maxing something out, like, in season, because mm-hmm. we're not there to monitor, like, how your practice went. 
where your head's been at all day at school. How like many minutes you play in a game. How yeah, many? too many variables. Yeah. yeah. But we had uh, one of our basketball players, they actually start the season this week. I mean, she put up 135 on the bench press for class of three. Yeah. Just basic, easy percentage work. Yeah. Just blew it out of water. It was amazing. Yeah. She's I think last week she did 315 or 325 on squat for five. Yes. On box squat. It's How old? She's a senior. Holy crap. High school. Yeah. yeah. She's, a, she's awesome. You, can't, you really can't ask for much more of an athlete, like a better athlete than that. Coachable. Yeah. She understands her limits. So, Willing good. to be pushed. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Always wants a challenge. That's that's rare. Gets a little lippy every now and then, but that's fun. That's a, <laughs> that's a good aspect. We enjoy it, you know? Yeah, but but you, you, you put that on social media and it's the bar moving faster thing, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of girls that will never touch that in their lifetime, for one. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of puts that kind of perspective of, okay, that's super heavy. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's it's not. Yeah, child's so, play. Yeah. You're in that upper percentile. Yeah. And, like, for her, she might not even know that. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, e- even so, like, we use we use it as motivation for the boys, too. Yeah. Like, you know, because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, you play like a girl. Okay, well, then that girl's whooping your ass. Yeah. You know, so that kind of thing, too. Level playing field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to be going into next week, guys, is I think we're going to bring in our first interview. Um, but what I wanted to finish up here with, guys, is just again to say thanks for listening. Uh, again, please, if you have any topics you want us to cover, whether if it's you know lifting related or something else, like let us know. Um, but you know, as always, leave a comment on the message or uh, the on the video uh, or message us. Let us know, and then uh, like, subscribe, and then. You know, send it on to other people too. You know, we're going to help try to get this bad boy to grow. But uh, take care, guys.